Our economy is crashing. Inflation is out of control. Why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve me. They'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move. Russia has joined with China. Okay. <laughs> the USA is a mess. This is not real. It's just a dream. Please, please wake up. Well, happy Monday. It, this is the equivalent of what Germany and France and, and maybe even England, I'm not sure, but, you know, those European countries, they have a month. I think Germany takes their entire October off and France takes all, all of August off practically. And in America, because we celebrate uh, the 4th of July, July is pretty much the the, the month that everybody at least in corporate America, says, okay, if we all stop at the same time, then nothing will happen of a significance and we can all go on vacation. You know, over the weekend, my wife and I went to, uh, she needed some glasses, some prescription glasses. Now me, I'm the guy that goes to the local pharmacy and buys $30 special. And then they last for me, I don't know, a couple of years. And then when they break, the, uh, the point of the story will reveal itself because I went to an eye specialist once and I said, I just want to know what my eyesight is. Is it 2030, 2050? What is it? Tell me what it is. And I went through an entire process that took about an hour and a half where I was moved from room to room and several different technicians took pictures of my retina. They took my blood pressure and they asked me a, a million questions about my family history. And then at the end of it all, they put these things in your eye. They don't do it as much anymore, but it open up. It opens up your uh, your pupil, and it keeps it from dilating. And so, afterwards, you have to kind of take it easy when you're outside because it's bright, and everything is going to seem brighter and more colorful. And it's something that you have to do. It's not a painful experience by any means. But the point is, is after I went through all of the procedural things necessary for them to evaluate what my eyesight was, they couldn't tell me. I kept asking, well, what's my eyesight? Well, we don't, you know, this is what we think you need as a prescription. And it was hard to get a definitive answer. And I said, well, uh, what do I do now? They go, go get glasses downstairs. There's an office. You can order some lenses and that'll take care of it. I go downstairs and I see the display of eyeglassware that they have. And, uh, I start asking, well, how much, how much is it with the lens and the frames? Oh, it'll be about $300. And I just sort of, my jaw dropped. I said, if, and I showed them the glasses I had, if I, these glasses are fine for me and I can read. And the same experience happened to me this weekend. My wife and I, again, only about a week ago, she had lost her old glasses. So she went to Goodwill looking for bargains and she picked up some nice glasses and they were $6. We go to the prescription eyewear place to pick out her prescription glasses, $350. Well, the reason is because in Goodwill, they didn't have to pay nine different technicians to take a bunch of information. They didn't have to process all of this insurance information to try to square away a good deal. They, you know, the Goodwill didn't have all this uh, fancy stuff on the wall with mirrors and lots of glasses out on display and a big showroom with lots of places for people to sit and talk with their consultant. No, you go into Goodwill and you get your glasses off the shelf by the cash register and you're out the door. And that's the problem 
then I think if you don't know what the, what I'm trying to say is this is our society today. The process of doing things is so expensive and this, whether it's a school, whether it's a government institution, whether it's a committee, uh, whether it's anything that involves a lot of different people, the, it's the ability and speed at which you can accomplish something is inversely proportional to how many people you're dealing with in any given earth situation. And this is why when you're, when an entire country or several different countries are trying to help uh, an ailing country that might be under attack, all this money gets shipped over, all this technology shipped over, everything gets shipped over to Ukraine in the terms of billions of billions of dollars, and they lose the money. A week ago or two weeks ago, we had a report how the government got, lost like $3 billion in COVID payments. Just gone. No more. Why? Because there's too many people involved and it opens up the room for corruption. Now, I don't discount the glasses aren't worth $300. I'm sure they had to, you know, finally chisel them in some back room in some, you know, country far away. But it's laughable because the actual material needed for glasses, obviously, pick them up. And I'm advocating that you you look at that as an example of the largesse of our government. Everything goes through any anywhere you go, you want to buy something, even just to get pet food this weekend. They wanted my telephone number. They were asking me questions about my address. Uh, do I have a card? Do I want a card? Do I want to get whatever it is? And that has, this is what technology has brought us. And I think I mentioned to you last week that I was watching that movie naked and afraid. They have this series on discovery or something. And I, and I marvel at that because I'm looking at what I, what I think it looked like when our ancestors were busy trying to become modern. And I look at these people and the conversations, the stupid conversations these people are having out in the middle of the nowhere, just trying to survive for 24 days or 45 days. How did we make it? How did we get to where we are? Curious as we are as a species. And how, and how have we survived? Because no one seems to get along very well. So I guess the lesson of, of the weekend for me was you know, <laughs> avoid, avoid, you know, high priced visionary clinics. That, that's my advice to you. All right. So uh, welcome to speaking out, uh, America. I'm JR, your host. And yeah, again, it's kind of holiday week. So we're all enjoying our time, hopefully with our family. Uh, and let's see, a new poll was out 74%. According to NBC, voters are dissatisfied. They don't like the the way the country is going. The show, the overwhelming majority of voters say the nation is on the wrong track. 74% say the U.S. is on the wrong track. 53% of Americans disapprove of Joe Biden. Uh, and see, 68% of voters, including 43% of Democrats, which is twice what it was in 2020, say they are concerned that Biden does not have the necessary mental and physical health to be president. So... Uh, 74% say the U.S. is on the, on the wrong track. 
I'm trying to think of who the other 20, what 26% think that everything is good. Right. Uh, interesting read over the weekend. Lots of reading this weekend. I want to kind of get through some of the news, the, the bigger news of the weekend that you may have missed. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Where is that? Um, I'll have to dig through this note here, but there was some news coming out this weekend. You'll be hearing more about this. Apparently Elvis Presley's brother-in-law says brother-in-law or his stepbrother. I'm not sure, but either way, uh, I guess Elvis had a thing for little girls and his brother-in-law, David Stanley, stepbrother, uh, I stand corrected, has written six books about Elvis, but apparently in none of the works did he mention that Presley's massive heart attack was per- purposely a drug overdose and that it was premeditated and that Elvis wanted to die because of the guilt he felt over repeatedly engaging with underage girls, according to Stanley. And there's a new three-part documentary on Amazon. And according to the UK's Mirror, the new documentary uh, could disrupt Presley's legacy as the king of rock and roll by outing him as a sexual predator. Stanley said one of Presley's oft-repeated lines was, 14 will get you 20, a reference to the potential jail sentence he might receive if he were caught having sex with a 14-year-old. Well, you know, in California, it's, it's about legal. It's a ticket. So Elvis probably would not have to worry about too much. And then again, look at Michael Jackson. The King of Pop. I'm here and here's music. Uh, it's Black Entertainment Month. And uh, and I hear Michael's music all the time. So it, it apparently doesn't matter in this day and age. So anyway, the book is called My Brother Elvis. And it details how bad the singer's condition was. I don't know anybody would want to read it. I mean, uh, he died in 77. I remember the year he died. Uh, age of 42, which at the, at the time didn't seem like that young, but now does. Died of a massive heart attack. Uh, and uh, so, you know, there's going to be people who come forth, I think. But, you know, who's going to believe them? Probably a lot, but it won't matter. The Me Too movement is dead. I don't think the Me Too movement is, is alive anymore. It It's too obfuscated by all the other intersectionalities we're we're engaged in you know who's gay who's straight who's bi who's biannual who's binary you know at this point oh somebody tried to have sex with you big deal which is which is a real tragedy because it is it is not about sex it's about violence and power and uh and too many women in our society uh, are just subject to it this will tell you everything you need to know about MSNBC. Uh, last week they had on a guy, what's his name? Ruffalo He's a liberal actor in, in California. He, uh, he's coming on to promote his new movie about the Lakota Indian tribe. Meantime, Jim Caviezel, who's out with his new movie, uh, the sounds of freedom. You think he's going to be on MSNBC anytime soon? Uh, I don't, I, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, this is Speaking Out America, and we do have a comment line, 941-800-2937. If you ever want to ask a question or bring up a topic, please do. Again, 941-800-2937. We'll be back in just a moment. 
Welcome back to the program, S.O. Speaking Out America. And next week we will be starting at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern. And then we'll replay at 5 p.m. So I hope you'll join me for that earlier uh, time slot. And that starts next week. So I'm looking forward to that. And or it'll either be next week or the week after, depending on when you're hearing this. And don't ask me why. Um, anyway, so but our future time will be 9 a.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday on uh, CRNTalk.com. And we look forward to that. And um, always appreciate you being here. Don't forget, we also have a podcast where you can listen to all the archives. So many things on my mind, you know, all weekend I write all this stuff down that I want to go over when I talk to you. One of my favorite actors or an actor uh, with whom I have great respect, Frederick Forrest, passed away over the weekend. Many of you might remember Frederick. He played Chef in the all-but-fabulous movie uh, Apocalypse Now. Here's a clip from that where they're going through the the jungle looking for mangoes. Chef. Yes, sir. How come they call you that? Call me what, sir? Chef. Did you like mangoes and stuff? No, sir. I'm a real chef. I'm a saucier. Saucier? Yes, sir. See, I come from New Orleans. I was raised to be a saucier. Great saucier. What's a saucier? We specialize in sauces. Gotta be a mango tree here somewhere. <laughs> I was reading a lot of the social media. A lot of people liked him a lot. I loved him. I thought he was great. He had some better scenes, but... Unfortunately, in that movie, uh, he also had most of his scenes involved some level of profanity where if I edited them out, it would make no sense what he's saying. Um, new statistic that came in recently, roughly one out of four U.S. children are living in fatherless homes, causing undeniable negative effects on the children's behavior and mental health, according to a report published by uh, the America First Policy Institute, AFPI. It says that comparing several dozen studies conducted from 1987 up to, uh, to 2022, the AFPI, a nonpartisan research institute working to advance policies that put the American people first, found clear correlations between children raised in fatherless homes and developmental challenges ranging from bad grades, anxiety, and suicide to violent behavior, including drug use and criminality. According to the data from the U.S. Census Bureau, approximately 18.3 million Americans across America live without a father in the home, comprising about one in four American children. 80% of single-parent homes are fatherless. Children with an actively engaged father perform better uh, in uh, school, according to the FBI, 33% less likely to repeat a class, and 43% more likely to score top grades. With fathers present at home, data suggests that the average school-aged boy spends 30 minutes per week in one-on-one -on -one conversation with his father while spending 40 to 60 hours per week online playing video, watching TV. Still, even that much time together would seem to make a world of difference. The report said that the effect of fathers being absent was staggering with their children having far worse overall mental health and behavior. 
Data from the Department of Justice suggests that even though this group comprises just a quarter of all youth, 63% of youth suicides occur in fatherless homes, as do 85% of children with behavioral disorders. When is it going to, when are, you know, I saw this local coverage of this drag queen performance that uh, involved, uh, you know, getting witness testimony. They go out man on the street news reporting where they go get people's comments. And so of course the, the uproar in Florida and elsewhere is drag queens and kids and how to keep them separated. But they go out and they talk to these people who are clearly more liberal. And they, over the weekend, we had the same local story playing over and over. I think I saw it Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night. And then I saw it again. And they show the same woman and she's got, you know, earrings in her nose and she's got things in her ears and her hairs. And you can clearly tell she's a 23 year old female bimbo who doesn't know anything about anything. And she just goes along to get along. And they play her saying, what's the deal? There's nothing wrong with being who you are. This is what's wrong. And this is what we seem to not want to, you know, all these pride parades, celebration of pride. But I can almost guarantee you that in almost every situation, there's probably an issue at home where the dad wasn't there. And we don't want to wake up and realize this is at the core. This is what Tim Scott says when he's on his tours. And all the smart, there was a touching story about uh, uh, the guy who does Family Feud, Steve Harvey. And he's got this camp in Atlanta where he only takes a few hundred people, all men, and he teaches them how to be boys. He teaches them how to be a man. And I'm sitting there watching this and I'm thinking, man, this is going to offend a lot of people because that's where we are. That's where we are in this country where we disdain the heterosexual male. And you might say, well, Jim, you know, that's a little bit of an overreach. No, it's not. Uh, if you see it, I I've been observing this uh, proclivity of the media to portray men as weak for a couple of decades. Now it kind of, got started a little bit maybe by married with children, uh, which could have been a, just a fluke and a kind of uh, a, an attempt at, you know, gross comedy. But ensuing years, there started to be more and more sitcoms where the father was always portrayed as an idiot, a dumb, a dumb, a dumb person. And, uh, you know, over the weekend, I was watching uh, The Last of Us, trying to get into that movie. And, you know, even in that movie, the man is portrayed as subservient to, you know, the stronger woman. In in the latest movie with Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, huge backlash over the fact that they want to change Indy and replace it with his great granddaughter or something, which is fine if they want to do that. If they want to get rid of James Bond and replace him with a female, but think about who you know who's the odd man out here, and it's it's in part because our culture has accepted the fact that men sometimes aren't around. It's accepted. But here, clearly, socially, we are affected by that. And this is what was wrong with the Great Deal in the 60s with the African-American family, which nobody in the African-American community wants to admit. The government said, we'll help you if you're a single mother, but the father has to not be there. If the father's there, then you're on your own. And they did this. And they did this on top of the fact that they sent over 300,000 19, 21, 20-year-old African-American boys 
right out of high school and shipped them off to Vietnam. Maybe that's a little high of a number, but it went on for years and years and years. So isn't it interesting that the same year or the same two years, they come up with the Civil Rights Act because there was two of them. Then they start shipping and then they enact the draft. And who's the and who gets out of the draft? We all know who got out of the draft, the people that could afford it or the people who ran off to Canada. So, you know, I, I think black people should wake up to the fact that this government and I don't even want to get into the abortion thing. That's a whole nother discussion. Anyway, speaking out America. Welcome back. Speaking out, JR here with you. Don't forget our podcast available everywhere. And also uh, join us here Monday through Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific on CRN Talk. And we want to say hi to our radio audience in the great Northwest in places like Billings, uh, Hardin. And um, I want to give a shout out to the folks in Casper. Always appreciate you coming by. And our comment line is 941-800-2937. 941-800-2937. I'd like to hear from you. If you've got a comment or a question, 941-800-2937. And just to further the shameless plug, if you follow me on Gitter, G-E-T-T-R, that's my favorite. You know, Twitter's fine, but, you know, it's a lie. There's just no way. I've been at 144 followers on Twitter for two years. How is that even possible? I mean, even a bot would throw that off. But the thing is, I use too many trigger words. So I'm pretty sure I'm being throttled. I'd have to be throttled. Either I mean, I should just sign up with some other name at this point. But anyway, it's at RealJimWatkins1 if you want to follow me on Twitter. Eight signs that the futuristic control freak agenda of the globalist is rapidly moving. It's a guy by the name of Michael Snyder. He writes a blog called The Economic Collapse, and he's really good. I really enjoy listening to him. He has a lot of interesting interesting takes, and he's a good writer. So he came up with a list of things that show that we are definitely leading towards a totalitarian state. Oh, you know it. Most people don't seem to be caring too much about it, do they? Isn't that interesting? You know, you have a lot of people who just... They don't care. You know, if you say you don't mind if your face gets scanned and, uh, no, why? I haven't done anything wrong. Really? Well, maybe that'll change someday and you will do something wrong. Then what are you going to do in, in Northern California, Safeway, interesting name for a store. Now Safeway has installed all kinds of security. So you have to go through a security gate And then you're monitored the whole time you're in the store. A band of a hundred or so performers have gotten together to sign a pledge that they don't want surveillance. They don't want digital face recognition, recognition scans at their concerts. And this started in part because of Madison square garden uh, has adopted this face recognition software. And it's primarily driven by a, a paperless 
paperless tickets now. You know, you get everything and then you walk in and you just show them your phone. Now, this is relatively new. We weren't doing this five, six years ago. Now it's standard. I remember fumbling my iPhone a few years ago when I got on my airplane because we decided to buy the tickets and put them on our phone. And it was kind of, you know, people still kind of, you know, the, the old folks especially, we're just not adapted that fast. It takes us a little bit of time. It took us 20 years to learn how to use a debit card. You still see people writing checks at the supermarket? Anyway, so there's one sign, the digital identity wallet. Starting in September, the EU will mandate that all member states offer a digital identity wallet to all of their citizens and businesses. The European Union will mandate digital identity under EIDAS 2.0. Boy, doesn't that sound big, brother? EIDAS, and the E is small. Why is the E small, but the rest of the letters are caps? That's kind of creepy. You see that small E and cap, you know, EIDAS, EIDAS. How do humans do what we do? Goes into effect this year, September. All member states offer a digital identity wallet, according to the European Commission. 80% of citizens should be able to use a digital ID solution to access key public services by 2030. Isn't that nice? It's a solution to a problem. Because we have to make sure that there's no black market stuff going on. Everybody, it's, it's really quite frightening when you see some of the world leaders in Belgium and elsewhere talking about uh, what's her name? Lagarde talking about how important it is. Uh, IMF Lagarde. Yeah. Diane. And she, uh, she says anybody spends over a thousand dollars. We want to know about it because anybody spending over a thousand dollars that we should know about it. We're the government. Then of course you had Barack Obama a couple weeks ago talking where we should come up with a digital fingerprint to combat misinformation and distinguish between true and misleading news for consumers. Says who? You know, who decides what's, what's disinformation and misinformation? Number three, again, an, uh, examples of us heading towards totalitarianism. A UN policy brief that you can find digital IDs linked with bank or mobile money accounts, according to them, improves the delivery of social protection coverage and serve to better reach eligible beneficiaries. Digital technologies may help to reduce leakage, errors, and costs in the design of social protection programs. Mm. So basically, they know what we're spending, where we spend it, and this is supposed to enhance the ability for us not to get ripped off. But what if you're on politically the wrong side? What if you decide not to take uh, a vaccine? What if you, you write a blog and you say you don't side with Ukraine? Or what if you write something bad or say something bad because you don't agree with LGBTQ? Could you be shut off? Could you be removed? It seems like this is the closest we're going to get. Number four, the World Health Organization has adopted a digital COVID-19 certi- uh, certification uh, platform. And this they want to make global. And this is under the World Health Organization, right? You know who funds the World Health Organization? The number one. I'm starting to sound like Alex Jones, and this is just common knowledge. 
Bill Gates. Bill Gates gives more than half of what the World Health Organization operates on every year. And this is supposed to, this idea sort of evolved and was perfected in China because that's how they control their population. You walk around on your phone. In a very short time, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell you this, it's going to roll out in big cities and blue states first. It'll be in municipalities like New York or L.A. They're already talking about it. They're already planning it where you are going to need your phone in order to access transportation, even in stores. I just mentioned to you that because of safety concerns, which is always the driver, see? See, Michael Letts was right when he said that. It's always the driver because the only way to solve the problem, high crime, it's out of control. They defund the police. Crime goes up. They don't put people in jail. Now the feds got to come in and you got to put something on your phone so that you get a green or a red when you want to go places or buy things. That's sad. And we got there very fast, didn't we? Number five, uh, another sign of totalitarianism. Federal agencies in the United States have been purchasing massive amounts of information about U.S. citizens from data brokers and were being warned that such information could potentially be used to, quote, blackmail, stalk, harass, public shaming. Again, something that we saw a little bit of during COVID. We've seen examples now where reporters are going after, or IRS is going after troublemakers. Matt Taibbi being the latest example. Uh, Number six, it has been revealed that the Pentagon has been using online tools to covertly track, locate, and identify anyone expressing dissent or even dissatisfaction with the actions of the U.S. military and its leadership. In a shocking report published by The Intercept on June 17th, details have emerged of a U.S. national security surveillance strategy. And iVerify is a system that's a global fact-checking system to help shut down dissenters, and it gets worse. And it's just the world we're living in now. I guess we were asleep. Time to wake up. All I can say is if Joe Biden and his family are pretty darn lucky. Yeah, it's good that it's a holiday time because with all the the stuff piling up around Joe, uh, it's only a matter of time before this is going to be one of those good good thing, bad thing situations, right? Because on the one hand, why you could say, hey, I got some good news and I got some bad news. The good news is that Joe Biden is going to be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors. The bad news is Kamala Harris is now the president. You know, it's one of those things. Now what? Well, I don't think things will change in the White House. That's for sure. I mean, it'll basically be run by the same people. Jake Sullivan, Victoria Newland, Deep State, Milley. Uh, all those people are still there. Obama, they're still there. They're still in the background. You know, maybe Susan Rice will come back. Who knows? Uh, what's her name? Samantha Powers. I think she's still around, right? USAID director. 
So nothing will change, and we know that she won't be reelected. That's not going to happen. I think Joe is basically waiting for the Ukraine war to end so he can claim victory. But it's going to be denied because the Russians aren't going to give up. I don't even want to go backwards in time on that one. I'm just telling you that, you know, the, the stuff is piling up so fast here. But, you know, everybody that attached their wagon to this guy is going to go down too. And I've said for a couple of weeks now that the fact that nobody is mentioning the impeachments from a few weeks back, uh, the, the basically the mainstream media is not, it's, it's almost impossible for them not to report something like that. And yet somehow they did it. I'll tell you something else that's going to emerge that they probably won't report, but they should is Impox. Now, just before we went into June, which has been hijacked as Pride Month to promote, uh, you know, illiberal sex and promiscuity. And I mean, that's what they're all celebrating, right? They're celebrating the ability of, of enjoying their sexual liberation, of being who they are, and, and how best to celebrate your sexuality than to actually have sex. I mean, that's sort of the... the uh, the elephant in the room, isn't it, really? I mean, I've been a long advocate that we should just wear shirts that identify what we like. I like boobs and maybe another shirt that says, you know, I like I like the jewels or whatever you want to say. I like the dick. But it sure would save us all a lot of time now, wouldn't it? Because we would, ha- we would Im- immediately know what the other person's sexual preference is because apparently that's important. Who you prefer to have sex with or have sexual relations with is the most important character qualification you can have in, in this day and age. And so uh, during the COVID, the trail end of the COVID pandemic, another virus emerged out of the Belgium, and I believe it was either one or two years ago, Belgium and Spain had giant pride festivals. Hundreds of thousands of people descended upon Belgium and Madrid, and they had a week-long Roman-like toga party. And you can imagine it probably had all of the, you know, all the trappings of a, of a Roman celebration under their leader Caligula. And, you know, they were all having a good time over there and they were celebrating their pride and their freedom and their ability to be free and have pride. <laughs> and then for some strange reason, a lot of them started coming back home. There was a group of seven men in England who contracted monkeypox and monkeypox is a horrible Horrible, disfiguring disease. It turns your skin into bubbly pus, uh, and it goes everywhere. It's like if you smeared an oil that had a virus in it, wherever you smeared that oil would be where the, the virus goes. In your legs, up your nose, in your eyes, can cause blindness. It's pretty bad. It doesn't kill you. It could kill you if it was a serious enough infection, but they have medicine to treat it. Now, this thing has basically been in the deep uh, sub-Sahara jungle for who knows how long, probably since the 50s, I think. I think was the 50s was the first case where a, ch- a child, and you probably, in the early days when they talked about monkey bri- uh, virus, they showed you that same picture. It was the same picture of the same little kid that was just infested you know, with these blisters. Um, anyway, so it, it, just before June, the Centers for Disease Control comes out and they say, 
hey, a little warning to the gay community. Uh, don't have too good of a time because monkey po- monkey pox, or they changed the name because it was they were worried it would you know for whatever reason uh, they would be associated with homosexuality. I don't get it, but anyway, now they changed it to impox, and they issued a warning a couple weeks ago. It said, "Okay, you're going to go have all your pride festivals and your gay pride parades, but remember." Monkeypox is still out there. Now, I know what website I can go to right now, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till the end of the week because then the month will be over. And then we'll see what the rise in monkeypox cases. Now, I want to warn you that monkeypox can very easily travel to the heterosexual community. Very easily. Would have no trouble. If, if you're If somebody that you were in a relationship with had a gay partner and then they turn around and came back and and then you were with them and their gay partner had monkeypox, you're going to get monkeypox. And then whoever you have sex with will get monkeypox. It spreads. And it can cause blindness, again, bleeding, and in some cases, organ failure if you're not treated. And you know what? The mainstream media said nothing about it. They said nothing about it. It's got a, a 10 or 20, 30% uh, infection rate much higher than COVID. COVID had a 0.2% infection rate. I mean, infection where you get sick. This is just like uh, smallpox. And what's interesting about it, and I and I don't know if Peter McCulloch or Malone ever tied the two dots together, but there are some who believe that because of the COVID vaccines, it may have weakened the immune system. Uh, be, and you became immunocompromised where you would be more susceptible to getting things like pox, which is a part of the shingles family as well. Uh, shingles is up. In fact, if I have time here, just a second. Yeah, so here it is on the openvares.com website. They list the number of people who've gotten shingles uh, after just after getting uh, any one of the vaccines. 15,765. But, but there's other kinds of uh, reactions that you can get Severe allergic reactions from COVID vaccine, 42,469. Bell's palsy is another virus that attacks your nerves. 17,000 cases of Bell's palsy from people who just got vaccinated. So there could be some evidence that would link repeat vaccinations to a weakening of one's immune system. I'm not claiming it as a fact because God knows, you know, Spotify or iTunes will you know, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that doctors should look into it because it's an important issue. So the other thing, the and again, this is just things that happen. But we're right in the middle of summer, and um, because of the fact that it's hot, people naturally would think, "Oh, it's climate change," and that's certainly what the meteorologists are all saying. But the Earth's temperature reached the highest of the thermosphere, not the atmosphere, but the thermosphere. And this comes from Live Science. And it was just published this week. Because we are being bombarded by solar storms. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of the fact that there's been class 1, class 1.1x, CME blasts, solar flares coming towards our Earth? At a time when the axis is tilted inward towards the sun. And therefore, we're getting more sunlight and that in that stream of cosmic energy from the sun as it escapes the gravity pull of 
of its giant moves out into space. And what we have here is a situation where we're getting bombarded and it's raising the thermosphere. Uh, after soaking up energy from geomagnetic storms that bashed Earth, temperatures in the second highest layer of the atmosphere will likely continue to climb over the next few years as the sun's activity ramps up, which could impact Earth-orbiting satellites. And not to mention that that heat must go somewhere, and sometimes it gets captured by the oceans, which in turn creates uh, tr much more uh, atmospheric conditions, things like storms. Precipitation, because you have evaporation happening, particularly on the surface. So if someone tells you, gee, it's man-made climate change, you've got to remind them that the sun is going through a very, very active uh, season right now. It's in the peak of its, its uh, sunspots, and this is likely going to increase for the next couple of years, and then we'll see a, a decline, a declination. And that'll be a good thing, because then the Earth will start to cool, and, and you know what? Science will say, guess what? All that carbon cutting, it's working. <laughs> They'll come up with something. They always do. I do want to talk a little bit about this, because it is important. There's the movie out now, that has Jim Caviezel, and I want to encourage you to go see it because nobody's doing enough right now when it comes to human trafficking and the sex trade. It's like it's it's humanity's dirty little secret. Nobody wants to admit that it's happening right under their feet with other people's children. And you just saw a couple of weeks ago in Cleveland, they found a house full of people that were of all stripes, Adults just partying, drugs everywhere, and children in the back room. And it, and, and it breaks your heart when you think about it. So I, I would encourage you, if you have time, go see The Sounds of Freedom. Take somebody you love with you, but go see it. Uh, it's something you have to see. There are a couple of things we need to you know, wake up to. And Jen Caviezel is asking you, and so am I. See you next time, Speaking Out America. I'm JR.